Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! What's up, Saints fans? Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak bringing you another edition of Inside Black and Gold, a post-game edition. And sadly, we were so close, I felt, to getting on that two-game winning streak, Jeff. And then the team just found a way to lose. And the run game was effective. Past issues of penalties and turnovers, not a problem. But yet the good old chunk play, big plays come back to haunt us once again in the form of two former beloved LSU studs. Yeah, I think that was the most painful part. Uh, Again, I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak alongside Steve Geller. Steve Geller, WWL. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, scroll down, give us a five-star review or whatever stars you think we deserve. I think we're five-star type people, but hey, you get to decide that and leave us a review. We only have 11 or 12 reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'd like it to be more. I'd like to hear from you all, so make sure to do that. I always appreciate hearing from you all, so do that. Now, back to the regularly scheduled programming. This is brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. Thank you. There must be a reason. And... Yeah, so the I think the biggest frustration for me in this game is the guy who screwed up is usually your rock solid guy, which is Blake Gillikin. Like, you know, we're going to talk about Tyron Matthew missing a tackle and Bradley Roby missing a tackle and these big plays and whatever. Blake Gillikin is supposed to be a star punter, right? He's a guy who you trust, and for him to for him to shank it two weeks in a row now too. He had a bad punt last week. 
Oh, right, right. But I mean, this was such a high leverage moment. Like, oh, if yeah. you pin them deep, I mean, they're going to have to go the length of the field at the very least. And they don't have a ton of time to do it. You know, I mean, I they got the ball at their own 40 yard line. You that can't happen. I mean, that's that's the frustrating thing for me. It's like this is a these are these are people who you trust. And like every week, it's like somebody new screwing up in a way that you did not anticipate. And this week it was Blake Gilligan, you know, and, you know, we could, we're going to talk about some of the missed tackles, you know, Tyron Matthew, everyone's going to get on him. Bradley Roby also missed that tackle, right? Uh-huh. Tyron was not alone in that. Um, you know, I, th- I think part of the reason Tyron missed that tackle is because he was kind of setting up to, to double team that tackle with Bradley and then Bradley got beat clean. And so Tyron was way out of position and he couldn't get back. Um, but it's just week after week, right? And so, you know, you, you start to question things with Tyron a little bit. Um, here's what Tyron Matthews said after the game regarding that missed tackle there. Uh, I mean, I thought we I thought we did a good job, uh, obviously, to kind of start the game. You know, I think as the game went on, you know, they found ways to kind of get him more involved. Um, and, and then that last one, you know, I think that, that's just on us. You know what I mean? We got to make that tackle. Did you think tackling was an issue overall? I thought we tackled pretty well uh, for the most part. Um, you know, obviously, you know, these guys have great playmakers as well. And so, uh, but yeah, a few of those, you know, I think definitely hurt us. We're going to get into this and we're then we're going to get into a mailbag in the back half. But to an extent, I agree with that. I thought that Bradley Roby and Paulson Adebo in the secondary hung in pretty well in the first half of this game. And then in the second half, I don't know if they got fatigued, just didn't look right. You know, and Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, these are very talented playmakers. They did not hold up their end. You didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. You knew it was going to be a struggle. It's getting to the point where it's like, this is supposed to be a defense first team. And the defense is what's letting this team down. And now now in back-to-back weeks, right? This The offense managed to bail them out in week five. They were not able to do that. The Bengals' defense was was a much better than the Seahawks' defense. We've seen some of the limitations that you have with Andy Dalton out there. And, you know, this is a game that you probably didn't deserve to win this game going into it with the pieces you were missing, right? This was a game you shouldn't have been expected to win, but you put yourself in a position to win it. And then you took yourself out of that position. And that's what's frustrating to me. Big problem I had too, Jeff, was the fact that we talked about how bad this Bengals offensive line was. Where was the pressure? Where was the pressure on Burrow? They didn't get to him enough. I mean, they they did in a huge moment on that second to last drive. So... (laughs) Yeah, the pressure wasn't great throughout the game. They did show up there. They they got a sack on the opening drive to stop that drive. They got a, they got two sacks in a row on that drive that I thought was destined to get into the end zone. I didn't think the Saints were going to get the ball back with a lead as that drive was going downfield. And then Demario got in for a sack, and I can't remember who got the second sack, but uh, you know, Caden Nellis, right? And so yeah. they they turned a first and ten into a third and twenty seven, which forced a field goal. That made it 26-24. So in that sense, I think the pass rush did its job. Then, you know, you kind of turn your head to the Saints, and it's like you have to know what's going on on that side of the ball as an offense. And that's in that moment on that drive, you needed to be aggressive and get a couple first downs. And I thought they were way too conservative on the first two plays of that series because you saw what happened on that drive. Like the the, the pass rush bailed you out on a drive that you were leaking like a sieve and they managed to, to, to stem that for the moment. 
you you should have known if you're on that side of the ball for the Saints that if you give the ball back to the Bengals, they're going to go down and score. Like whether it happened in one play and, and we can complain about Tyron missing that tackle. The fact is they were going to be in field goal range and the him missing that tackle and allowing Jamar Jays to go down and score with a minute 57 left was probably a better result than them just getting into field goal range and running the clock out and kicking a field goal. You at least had a chance to go back down and score. So in that sense, like we can blame Tyron. He's not the reason they lost in that in that moment. They were set up to lose by the fact that the offense didn't maintain possession on that last drive. See, and then the punt obviously went 20 yards. I don't want to, but I guess I need to see that chase touchdown again because to me that was a, a big miss by uh, by Roby. I didn't really uh, have Tyron on that. It should have never gotten to Tyron. Like Roby needs to make that tackle one-on-one, and he didn't, and then Tyron had to come up and he missed. You know, I, I questioned this a few weeks back. I'm questioning it again today. I don't know if I trust DA as the play caller on the defensive side of the ball. There have been too many That's crazy to say, right? Where this is the third time in two weeks that I think this defense allowed seven points because they were trying to prevent three. And that can't happen over and over again. And here's what DA had to say about the defensive play calling in that final sequence. Look, they, they got a kicker that can kick it a long way. And so um, we've got to execute the punt better in that situation. We gave them the ball in, in, in good field position. Um, you're not going to be able to sit back and be ultra conservative in that situation. And so um, you know, we missed a tackle, and, and, and a good player took it, took it all away. So um, I thought up until that moment, I thought we'd actually done a solid job you know, on, on chase, but, you know, half his receiving yards, I think, came on that one play. He's not wrong. And here's how it sounded on WWE Radio. Saints on top, 26-24. Nixon is to Burrow's left. He's out of the shotgun. Back to throw. Saints being pressure. Throws complete to Jamar Chase on the near side. First down. More to go. And that is going to be a touchdown for Jamar Chase, who will walk it into the end zone. Missed tackles on the left side. And quite frankly, I'd rather have the ball in my dag on hands. 60 yards on the touchdown for the Rumble Raider. Yeah, Mike didn't sound too excited. But, the, you know, that explanation, it's like, fine, I get it. He can kick the ball a long way. <laughs> you, you can't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't like that, the defensive play calling in that, in that sequence. You know they're going to go to Jamar. You, you know what they're going to try to do there. And I, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't a fan of it last week at the end of the first half, and I wasn't a fan of it here. Yeah, there's just a lot of things that are frustrating with this team right now. I'm still a little shook from the game, I guess you could say, because it really felt like they were controlling the ball, uh, the the time of possession, the ground attack was working well. Andy Dalton was doing enough. It wasn't a great game for him passing, but I just felt with with Kamara, Ingram, Taysom Hill, uh, even, you know, we saw a glimpse of what a newcomer in Rashid, Rashid Shaheed can do. It just, and 228 yards, I think they finished with on the ground. You would think with that and no turnovers is a recipe for winning. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, I think if you want to take a silver lining out of today, it's that Rashid Shahid got in the action and he you saw kind of the vision with him. You know, you saw some of that game-breaking speed, that ability. And I think this was a game where you kind of saw the limitations of Andy Dalton. You know, and yeah. I've, I've talked about this at length. You know, he's a guy who he will do what you want him to do, but he's not going to do anything at a level that's that threatens the opposing defense, right? You know, he's going to pepper the middle of the field. He's going to spread the ball around. I think in a game like this where you didn't have weapons, he might have been the better option <laughs> because you, you needed to be plotting and you needed to get downfield. The issue the Saints had in this game and what lost them this game on the offensive side of the ball was you went one for five in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns. What this team has done to this point has been super hyper-efficient in the red zone. Today, they were not that. Today, the only touchdown that came in the red zone was right after that Trent Taylor fumble that Zach Bond recovered. I would want to give him credit. Zach Bond made a play today. We've given him enough grief. He did make a big play in recovering that fumble. And then Andy hit Traquan Smith. Beyond that, I was not impressed with what Andy was able to do down today. And a lot of that had to do with the inability to pressure the ball down the field. He had Rashid Shahid, you know, his big play could have come on the first play of the game for at least the Saints first play of the game because he had a step and the ball just went clean outside. And I, I don't know what happened, but it was a straight miss. Right. Right. You had a, you had, I thought going into this game and I tweeted this last night that I thought, the Saints were going to adjust the way they used Taysom Hill in this game, and I expected him to be used more as a pass catcher. Instead, they adjusted his role into more of a pass thrower, and I think that was a mistake because Taysom Hill as a passer inherently is taking away what Taysom Hill does best, which is getting the ball in space and having people forced to tackle him, right? Taysom Hill throwing it, while you might get some better, you know, defensive looks in terms of what you're attacking. Do you really trust him to be able to hit Kevin white down the field? I mean, like that combination is just not something that I'm going to go to. Right. And I understand why you're trying to do it, but there were moments in this game where Taysom was out in, in the route combinations and Oh, he was open, right? There was a play to Alvin Kamara in the red zone down here where Taysom was open in the flat underneath. And it's like, okay, get him the ball. Let him let him plow over some people. Instead, you tried to hit Alvin Kamara on the wheel route. You know, he was matched up with a linebacker. I understand what you're doing. But if the goal is to get Taysom Hill the ball, the goal should be to get Taysom Hill the ball, not to get Taysom Hill the ball behind the line of scrimmage having to throw it. And he did make a couple nice passes today. He hit Marquez Callaway for, for first down twice. But, you know, I'm disappointed in their inability to incorporate him as a receiver. We heard, too, like, obviously from... You know, Pete Carmichael Jr., the offensive coordinator of this past week, of they wanted to get him more involved as a receiver, and it it didn't even happen. It didn't. There was not even a target for him. No. And you know, the the interesting thing today was Jameis Winston was actually active in this game, and Da said afterward, it sounded like the only reason he was active was because you had to make moves elsewhere which required you to cut Jake Luton and so the only thing that made sense was to have Jameis active but I do think that when you're dealing with Andy Dalton versus Taysom Hill versus whatever we saw why I don't think Andy Dalton is going to be the starter for this team going forward and it's because I just don't think he has enough juice like on that last drive that that last drive coming down the field 
Did you really think that this Saints team was threatening for a game-winning touchdown? Like, was there ever any confidence in that? Because there wasn't in my mind. No, and definitely the big deflator was obviously the Burrow to Chase touchdown, and you you almost felt that one coming as well. But, yeah, I wasn't in any way thinking that, oh, here comes Dalton with the game-winning drive, although there was, you know, another no call in the Superdome with the, uh, you know, no pass interference at the end of the game. And that, it's it's just tough to stomach. And I know it happens all across the NFL, but it just seems to happen consistently to the Saints week in and week out with these awful no calls or, or going for or against them kind of thing. Yeah, see, I don't think that's pass interference by rule. He fell. And it's on Marquez to avoid him. Being a body on the ground does not entitle the other player to just fall over them and, and have a penalty called. Like, I don't think that that's pass interference by rule. Well, and I, I wasn't sure. It kind of looked like that he tripped him purposely, but no. Well, I, well, I mean, who who knows what's going on inside Eli Apple's cobweb mind? But I mean, in watching it in real time, it looked like they're kind of get tangled up. Eli fell, and then Marquez was unable to avoid him. But like, that's not a penalty, at least not from my understanding of it. And I'm sure that that's going to be something that's looked at. You know, it happened in the same part of the field as the Tommy Lee Lewis play. Yeah. These are on completely different levels. If you want to complain about one, the hit Eli put on Alvin Kamara, it was a Taysom Hill play where he rolled out and he was throwing it away, but he was throwing it away at the feet of Alvin Kamara. And while the ball was in the air, Eli comes up and just lays his shoulder into him and puts him on his back. And I'm like, that's past interference. Like just because he's, the ball is getting thrown away. Doesn't make it not pass interference. Like, you can say it's uncatchable, but it's only, you know, the ball was in the air when it happened. So, like, it's a strange situation, but, like, that's pass interference. You can't let someone get away with just chucking a guy. Um, so, if you want to call, and, and that's a red zone play, I think they obviously settled for a field goal on that drive because they didn't score another touchdown in the red zone. So, you know, that that's one that I would be more upset about. I'll also be upset about the Demario Davis roughing the passer call. DA wouldn't go into it after the game because he likes his money and I don't blame him. But yeah, that's at a certain point, you're the, the defensive player is at fault for being dumb enough to hit the quarterback because, you know, it's like, I get it. That's a legal hit on a quarterback. You should be able to make that hit. But the NFL has made it very clear that you are not allowed to hit the quarterback. And so even going for a hit is a foolish play. And it's on you. Like, I, that's not how it should be, but that's how it is. And like in moments like that, you gotta, you gotta just pull up. Like there's no other, there's no alternative. And in fairness to the refs, they were consistent because they gave the saints a first down on a third and 25 because Trey Hendrickson, like, like gave Andy Dalton a little shove after the ball was gone. So, you know, in, in, in the sense of fairness, they did call it both ways. But it's just frustrating because those are game-changing calls whenever they happen. Regardless of whether they're consistent, they are game-changing and they extend drives. And that's what happened to the Saints. And that was the first Bengal scoring drive. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to blame the refs, right? Like, there are mistakes made every week. You just have to live with it. And I don't think there was anything in this game that was egregious in the sense that the Saints couldn't have overcome it. The Saints didn't win this game, and it's on them. Saints definitely lost this game. They gave this game away, sadly. But it's just so tough when you have these mobile quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, Joe Burrow is not Lamar Jackson, but he's still very athletic and able to run 
And so if you let up and, you know, don't tackle him, what's to say he doesn't, you know, run for another four or five yard gain? I know the ball was already clearly thrown away from him, but it's a tough scenario. We heard Cam Jordan earlier this week even talk about it, that he brought his blanket and pillow to lay Burrow down gently onto the turf. And the defense definitely failed the Saints. I, I will say the refs had a part in it, but they weren't, they're not to blame in this game, obviously. No more than any other week. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And that's why it's frustrating because there were two plays in this game, right? Where Joe Burrow extended the play. One of them, he ran for a touchdown because yeah. the pass rush kind of got sucked up field and the, and the defensive backs were all kind of chasing to the other side of the field. Uh, and he was able to just basically walk in from 20 yards out. On another one, it was a third down play on, I don't think it was their final drive. I think it was their second to last drive, the field goal drive. Yeah. You know, the they had him dead to rights in the backfield and he was able to kind of escape and he got it downfield to Tyler Boyd to extend that drive. And that's a big play in that game, right? Like they're down five points at that at that point. So that's a that's a situation where all the Saints have to do is get the ball back. And then when you're trying to defend a touchdown versus a field goal, it's a completely different situation, right? Like Jamar Chase doesn't score a touchdown there if the Bengals aren't only behind by two. And this is kind of what I was saying before. You allowed seven points because you were trying to prevent three. And so if you tackled, if you're able to get Joe Burrow to the ground, you know, who knows if they're ever even in that scenario to begin with. And that's where it's it's frustrating because you can't hit a quarterback, but then also you have to tackle him to, to prevent that from happening. So yeah, I, I agree. It's frustrating. I don't know what you do, but I think in that scenario, if you if tomorrow had it back, I think the only answer you have is put your put your arms up, right? And don't hit him. Because you know what's going to happen. You can't blow a guy up anymore. It's it's the rules. It's stupid, but it's the rules. And th- this coming short week is not going to be any easier against a guy like Kyler Murray, who's like a, a video game to me. I don't even know how you catch that guy. Yeah, he, he runs like Super Mario. Like he's exactly. got the little legs. <laughs> um, but okay, let's let's take a break here. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Gellers. Brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I want to talk more about the kind of going into next week because we don't have any time to sit here and talk about this game, which thankfully we don't. We have to turn right around and get into next week. So I want to talk about Jameis, but I want to get more into what DA said about Jameis's availability for next week and some of these other guys. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold. 